This is Subversive, a podcast hosted by me, Alex Kashuta, to highlight hidden voices, uncommon perspectives, and our era's true intellectual elite, the anonymous poster. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so on Substack, Patreon, or PayPal. Thank you and enjoy. Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, bigger phenomena in, in this field and in probably a lot of more scientific fields has been the, the uh, gender balance is now tilting towards more women being active in mm-hmm. the field. Do you think that that's had any effect on these changes, um, accelerated them, maybe magnified the direction that things were going in? Yeah, so my, uh, my friend and colleague, Corey Clark, has been studying this in, in more detail than I have. And uh, um, she has survey data asking practicing scientists and professors, what's the goal of science? Is it to discover the truth? Uh, or is it to improve society and not offend anyone? Or it's complicated. Uh, and the majority of men say pursuit of truth has got to be top priority, even though many of them recognize the other concerns as well. The majority of women say it's complicated. So they're not willing to put the pursuit of truth first. And uh, and I, th- I think... As women become a majority, things change. They import their own values and uh, um, standards and, uh, and things. And uh, um, I'd say individually, I've known many fine women scientists. So I don't want to, uh, you know, knock on them or, or, or say that. It seems to be, however, when they get into a, a large group. I mean, we see throughout history of the world. Large groups of women have very rarely accomplished any kind of progress or, or anything. Even when they do get organized, it's mostly to protest against what the men are doing uh, rather than to uh, provide uh, innovations or advance culture in any way other than that, that, that brings more benefits to themselves, to women. Um, so... Uh, so anyway, uh, Corey thinks women uh, really have the potential to do serious harm to to science. Uh, my view is is to to wait and see, but certainly the way things have been going are, are quite consistent uh, uh, with her assessment that as women take over the scientific societies, they become much more uh, about uh, politics. There's a lot more censorship. Women lead a lot of campaigns to retract articles that they don't like the findings rather than uh, uh, dis, uh, you know, disputing them or producing other data uh, to come up uh, against it. And uh, women are very influential in the editing uh, profession and so on. And the, the, the censorship there is, is just uh, getting extreme. I say I, I've been censored by both the left and the right <laughs> in the last couple of years. Um, and so it makes me think I'm probably doing something correct, uh, much more by the left, but that's because the left has a lot more power. I don't think if, if the conservatives ran the universities and the scientific establishment, uh, I, I have no way to expect that, uh, uh, that there would be a lot more freedom or, uh, you know, that they would be any, any less oppressive. Nevertheless, uh, uh, right now, the right is defending free speech, and the left has moved on and no longer really approves of it. They're not 
free speech for themselves, for people they approve of, and then speech that uh, they think won't have any negative effects. But uh, the restrictions on it get uh, uh, get ever more more strict, and and that has to hurt science. Uh, I said I talked to the great David Buss one day, and uh, he was having the same sort of sad reaction. And he said, "Yeah, what attracted me into this field was." You could use the scientific method to learn about people and how the mind uh, is formed and uh, and all that and that sort of basic attraction excitement I, I I think that's getting crowded out at present and I I hope I'm wrong and I know more optimistic people who say well it's just a pendulum swing and it will swing back the other way I I don't see quite how that will happen but but looking back in history often it does so uh one can be optimistic but it's not the field's not in a good place now as do you think that there might be some hope for science outside of um academia because i think throughout history the the greatest scientific achievements were uh were made by essentially tinkerers in some form of uh kind of secluded uh, place they were you know they had their own milieu of people that they were exchanging might be in parallel to academia or maybe like slightly tied to it, but not always within the confines of a university. You think that social psychology needs institutional funding or that it's a, it's a field where there could be some rogue um, genius uh, adding, adding data, adding things, uh, or is this, you know, the level at, at which the, the um, uh, discipline's at? Yeah. I don't, the, the problem is we need to study people. Um, Yes, there are things, tinkers working in their garage by themselves, uh, introvert and worked on things. So a lot of the advances, for example, in, in making cars were done exactly as you said, not by university researchers, but by people uh, working with machines by themselves. Uh, to study people, you need more, <laughs> you need contact with, uh, with people. Um, now, one of the positive trends where that could happen is with the the new availability of big data sets. And so... Um, I mean, right, this is right. happening partly. And um, I've had a few people here uh, on the show, some people like Emil Kierkegaard, people interested in, in intelligence, obviously a very fraught topic. Uh, but any data set that relates to this, and sometimes there are... Um, publicly available data sets tied to studies that not necessarily that shouldn't they're not for the conclusions that these intelligence researchers need but the data set itself is relevant to their hypotheses as well so they can use that as well um and there have been quite a lot of interesting findings based on data sets that were maybe for a short time available until people realized what they were used for um and and people doing science on the basis of that obviously i'm sure that that's the, the quality of that uh interaction is not the same as if you ran your own experiment and were able to design it in a, in a certain way yes. but um there there are ways to tinker um with things that yeah technology makes available yes yes and if advising a young person starting out in social psychology now, I would say for sure one of the things you want to do before you get your PhD is develop some expertise in working with other people's big data sets. Uh, in, in the past, I mean, they had crime statistics and, you know, the census and things like that that some people have worked with. But um, that may become more pressing and more important, especially with the difficulty of running the experiments the way the early days of social psychology did. 
Um, and if you can get it, it's conceivable. People starting out now, some of them would be able to have a fine, successful career without ever collecting data themselves, just working with uh, existing data sets. I, I don't think we're quite there yet. Uh, but uh, that is something. And, and uh, you know, to a researcher, a scientist, data are your lifeblood. Uh, so you always got to be finding uh, more data. For me and my generation that was conducting these laboratory studies, randomly assigning people to different treatments and, and measuring their reactions and behavior. Um, I hope that will still be part of social psychology, but uh, as I said, it's being uh, it's been under siege uh, lately, and and just the requirements for big, for large data sets make it harder to create to, uh, such a set yourself. But I've worked at a time where my graduate students, some of them were able to run five or ten, uh, even a dozen experiments in, in each semester. And you learn a lot that way. You, you develop fast and so on. But now if it's going to take two or three years to complete an experiment just because you need so many more people in it, um, well, you're learning slower. The the PhD timeline is uh, uh, is is going by faster, which means uh, you'll you'll finish with less less data, less experience. You won't learn as much. Um, and well, everyone knows who does experiments that some of them fail, even though they seem perfectly fine and logical. Uh, well, as I said, if experiment fails when you're running several in a semester, well, it's not good, but but it doesn't make a body blow to your career prospects. But if you spend three years running an experiment and then it fails, oof, uh, you know, it takes five or six years. That's half the time of your PhD. Uh, and so what what do you do? Uh, it's putting people out with, with lesser training and less ability to uh, to contribute to, to scientific progress. If you'd like to support my work and access more content, please consider subscribing through Substack, Patreon, or PayPal. See you next week.